Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Paula Tutman, multi-Emmy winning and multi-Emmy nominated broadcast journalist. Paula Tutman has spent more than 30 years in front of the camera as a broadcast news reporter, a Peace Corps brat who grew up in Africa. She spent the last 25 years living and falling in love with Detroit and her adopted soul's home, the state of Michigan. Paula has vast experience in numerous reporting genres. She spent eight years as a police reporter in Louisville, Kentucky, and Baltimore, Maryland. She can currently be seen daily at four on WDIV's First at Four news broadcast as a specialty correspondence with a focus on interesting and relevant topics with a deep regard for stories that have elements of human interest and social justice. Welcome to the show, Paula. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here. Thanks, Jennifer, for the invite. Absolutely. So let's get started. So, Paula, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Oh, my gosh. How much time do you have? (laughs) Well, let's start with the fact that I'm a broadcast journalist. And I've been a broadcast journalist for, <laughs> excuse me, years, and um, which is my way of saying just a really, really long time. I actually stumbled into the business. I, I started off wanting to be um, a therapeutic theater, um, I guess you could say facilitator. Uh, I was very interested in disabled children and adults and getting them to open up through music and theater. That's what I studied. Um, but then I, I decided to move to Tennessee to live in sin with a boy my father hated. And, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I was working at a department store uh, while I tried to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And, and this woman came in and she said, you know, wow, you're, you've got a great voice. Well, it's been my voice. This is my voice. That's, you know, mm-hmm. it's my voice. This is how I talk. And she said, you know, uh, you, sh- you should be in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And she introduced me and introduced me and da, 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 da. Long story short, too late. Uh, within a month, I had my first TV gig as a journalist. Wow. Isn't that wow. crazy? That's Here's the funny crazy. thing. I have a twin sister (laughs) and um, about a year into this new profession, my sister said, that just seems so fascinating. And I I said, it is, I'm learning so much. It's so great. And so she went to a TV station in Flint, Michigan, hoping to be an intern. And and they saw her face and heard her voice and put her on the air immediately. (laughs) So So she has a voice just like yours? No, you know what? It has a different resonance. I have a lower voice. Okay. Um, 
and we're fraternal twins. And so we look different though. Some people mm -hmm. can't tell us apart, but we generally think something's wrong with them. But um, no, her voice is different, but she does have a lovely speaking voice mm -hmm. and I could listen to her all day as well. So we just kind of stumbled into the business rather together. Um, I'm sure people go, that doesn't happen like that. Who, you know, who just sleep with? <laughs> Well, we didn't sleep with anybody, you know. We we make a living with our with our voice and our faces. Mm -hmm. How's that for a stumbling in? A that stumbling into awesome. a career. That is awesome. And so many years later, you're still there. So <laughs> it's <just a> years <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you have an years. invention. You have an invention. So tell us more about that. I'm so excited to learn more. Oh, thank you. For, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much for asking. I really appreciate that. Uh, so I, so Jennifer, let me start by saying that I think that women multitask for a living. And mm -hmm. I don't believe in being pinned in or penned in. And I create. And so I paint. I have two novels that have been published. I've written a couple of screenplays. I, you know, I doodle on pieces of paper. I do ugly ceramics. And, <laughs> and I have this invention and if, if you don't mind, I, I do want to take a moment to tell you the genesis because then the invention sure. will make sense. Yep. And that is I developed at a very young age of a very distinctive memory of swinging on the monkey bars at Tall Oaks Elementary School in Mitchellville, Maryland, <laughs> wearing a floppy yellow shirt and a little boy ran and he poked me in the chest. Boom. <laughs> Can I say boobs on a <laughs> He poked me in the boobs and he said, what are those? And all of the other kids started laughing and I was humiliated. Mm. And it really started me on this roller coaster of self-esteem. Now, I want you to think about that. I'm an mm -hmm. on-air broadcast journalist who has struggled with her appearance her entire life because of something that happened when I was 12. And of course I'm on the speaker circuit and I used to have to stay five gowns. I had to be Vents and you know, all this other stuff. Well, in college, I was getting ready for this sorority step show and all of the girls were wearing these spaghetti strap backless deep plunging dresses. Mm -hmm. and I was going to look horrible. I was, I, I was horrified. I knew that I was going to be flopping around and I knew this was going to be embarrassing and I don't know what made me do it, but I, I saw a roll of scotch tape on my bureau dresser and I grabbed it and I taped my breasts and, and I looked great. Mm. And I started taping myself. I started keeping scotch tape. Can you imagine scotch tape? Well, of <laughs> course, as you get older and gravity sets in and, you know, everything gets bigger and poppier. And... So then I graduated to masking tape. <laughs> And then postage tape. I want you to think about postage tape. I was taping my breasts with postage tape. And there were puckers and it was hard. And oh my God, it was horrible. And anyway, then I tried duct tape. A lot of women have. Um, that was really a bad idea. But then I, I discovered surgical tape. La, la, <laughs> that was my magic bullet. I don't know if you know anything about surgical tape. But I don't. Is, okay. It is designed to adhere to your skin. Mm -hmm. that's what it does. And so when I, I would tape myself up and I would look fabulous in my clothing. And then when I would take it off, it would rip the crap out of my skin. Ugh. And it didn't matter to me because I look great in look my clothes. Good, yeah. 
what woman doesn't want to look great in her clothing? And so I kept that up for years. And one day after a routine physical, my physician walked in with her nurse and her face was ashen, Jennifer, mm. green, white as a piece of paper. And I knew she was going to tell me I had cancer. Mm. And I sat there and I waited and I waited for her to tell me why she had walked in with that look on her face. And she said, Paula, I have something very important I need to, to ask you. And I said, okay. And she said, I need to know if you have a safe place to go. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I sure do. I just, I just built a brand new home in a great suburb north of Detroit. And mm -hmm. she says, no, that's not what I mean. I need to know if you have a safe place to go. And I said, yeah, I, you know, no. <laughs> yeah, I just built a home. And she said, no, when we did your breast examination, we saw a lot of scars and bruises mm -hmm. and scrapes. And I need to know if you're being abused. Mm. And I paused. And I looked her dead in the face. And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I am abusing myself to look good. Mm -hmm. in my and I, I went home and I thought, I can't be the only one with this problem. Mm -hmm. uh, something's got to change. Why am I defacing myself to look good in clothing, to fit in? Mm -hmm. My first husband used to say that I had a big jaw and big boobs. <laughs> Which would explain a lot about why he's my ex-husband. <laughs> uh, my my final husband appreciates my big jaw and my big boobs, but I didn't feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. But I I felt like you know what I've got to change this, and I I I drew this idea out on a napkin, Jennifer. And I thought about it for a couple of years, and I tried to figure out how to get it to market, and it took a couple of tries. But that's what I got to market. It's called Brawless Bra, Instant Cleavage Sculpting Solution. And it is an intentionally design engineered. Now, why do I say intentionally design engineered? Because there are a lot of products out there that say they, they'll hold up women and that they'll, you know, they'll lift your breasts. And you know mm -hmm. what? And they do work if you don't need a bra. Like, you know, mm -hmm. women who can wear bras and um, they're holding up the bra. <laughs> right. Or mm -hmm. the women who need the bra because the bra is holding them up. You know, there's a difference <laughs> between that kind of woman. You know, some women, they just wear the bra so that they can look good in it. And other women, we need that bra so we can look good. Mm -hmm. You have a garment and you can't look good without a bra. You know, that bridesmaid dress. <laughs> mm -hmm. Your friend invites you to be or a those wedding. spaghetti dress. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's it's plunging and it's backless and you're going to look like a nutcase. You're going to look horrible. How many of us have been in those dresses? And what I did was, I'm not a design engineer. I'm a broadcast journalist who happens to be pretty creative, but I found design engineers to help me design this breast tape that can work for women. And we've tested it all the way to an end cup. I want you to picture what an N in Nancy cup looks like there, Jennifer. I don't even know what an That's N a big cup boob. is. That's a really big breast. It really mm -hmm. is. But we've tested all the way to an N cup. Wow. And, and, we, and we, we can probably go higher. We just have successfully tested to an N cup. Mm -hmm. And we create lift, separation, and invisible support. Wow. That's what it does. I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> say, that, say that again. I said, I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
please send me your address. I'm going to send you a sizzle kit. Okay. Um, but, but what it does is it, it creates this invisible sling and it cups, lifts, separates your breasts so that you can wear that dress and go braless, strapless, wow. backless, wow. and deep plunging at the same time, <laughs> all the way up to an N cup. Wow. And that's the thing. Most women will say that they are triple D bra size and they're not it's just that that's the largest so-called conventional bra that they can get into mm -hmm. that they get at the department store right um most women are a double t 75 percent actually of women are double d cup or larger but they don't realize it because they're wearing the wrong bra and so they can't figure out why they can't look good in clothing mm -hmm. well that's we address amazing. that so what what was that process like to actually go through the invention process? I'm I'm so curious because you know we do a lot of service stuff, but I've never really invented a product. So you drew it on a napkin, yeah. and then what happens? Chaos. <laughs> Expect chaos, but don't let it stop you. Yeah. The first thing was I had to find a team, and I, I didn't know that when I tried to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. There are a lot of what I call irritable little details mm -hmm. to getting a product off the napkin yeah, and into the marketplace. But, but I ended up building this incredible all-woman team. Nice. Now, I think the most important thing that you need to do, and, I, and this is why I want women to really hear this, because there are a lot of women out there who are problem solving and have great ideas that can make money, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to do it. And so they don't. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do it. But what I did know how to do was I knew how to build a team. Mm -hmm. So I built this incredible team of women. I did not call on my friends. I picked women for their talent who could become. How did you friend. find them? How did you find them? Well, because I'm a journalist and I meet lots of people, I knew lots of people. Mm -hmm. And so I could ask people. Do you know somebody who can do blah, 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 blah. And actually, every single woman on my team was already in my ecosphere except one. Mm. And I found her because one of my best friends knew what I was working on. And I said, you know what? I need I need a saleswoman. I, you know, I want to build my C-suite first, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't believe you can have too many chiefs and, and, and not enough underlings. Mm -hmm. We're all chiefs and underlings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build my chief staff first. Right. Um, because I wanted the people who knew how to do this. And so I, I was talking to my girlfriend. She said, hey, I know this. I know this woman. Uh, she introduced us and, and we loved her. And so mm -hmm. two women in my ecosphere, uh, one woman I met, loved their talent. Uh, one is a, a business consultant, professional CEO builder. Mm -hmm. How does it get built? I mean, does it really get better than that? Truly. Really? SBA, small business consultant of the year. My CFO is um, a tax attorney. Um, our, my, our salesperson is, our chief sales officer, is an independent sales consultant who's got more than $2 million in independent sales under her belt. Wow. How could I go wrong? I mean, these women- no, these are professionals. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so when you say, I don't know how to get a product to market, uh, yeah, did you go to school for it? Mm -hmm. If you didn't, you don't know. 
But you go out and you find people and you look for people. And with social media and with your network, you know, it's all the it's the all girls network. Right. Everyone I found, I found through my girls network. Nice. And I may not have known these women before, but these are women I have fallen in love with. We, you know, we disagree. They disagree mm-hmm. with me. We fight it out. It is chaotic. It is crazy. And we did it. And it works. Yep. We did it together. That's awesome. Period. That is awesome. I love that story. Just amazing. Thank you. So now that you have this all-woman team, what are some of the qualities that women possess that make them great additions to an organization? I love that question. Well, first of all, we are multitaskers. Mm-hmm. I yep. agree, right? And so when somebody says, well, what do you do for a living? I'm a woman. I multitask. Right. That's what I do for a living. So we're we're automatic multitaskers. And, and here's the thing. When you are grownups and you have lives and you have families and you have obligations and you have bills, you got to multitask to pull this off. Mm-hmm. Because we, we have jobs and we have families and we have lives right. and we have children. And so the fact that you're a multitasker, but we're also very creative thinkers and we are able to think outside the box. We have to be able to because we're problem solvers. We solve the problems of the world. And so we know how to do that. And we don't necessarily get stopped because we don't feel well. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that men don't do that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that this is what makes women, I think, really, really good at pulling. We do it better. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, what? maybe not better, maybe differently because we have challenges because mm-hmm. we're women. I can tell you this. If we were a group of men, I think we would have gotten a lot further, a heck of a lot faster. I because really there's no, re- no need to multitask. You know, women get everything thrown at them. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's so I easy. can focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah. So so I do want to be very clear that I, because I'm not going to mail bash. And no, I, no, I don't think that's, that's what you're doing either. But but we do want to be honest about this. And, and that is that we are still largely renters in a male-owned world. Mm-hmm. And unless we close those power and wealth equity gaps. And if we don't do it together, and if we don't support one another, that it's it's just going to remain exponentially more difficult. It just mm. is. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring in a group of women and, and, you know, we're used to talking, we, you know, we, I think we, I think I saw a statistic where women say three words to every one word a male says. We're talkers. (laughs) We talk things out. We problem solve together. We have big networks. We have big hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, We love deeply. Yep. We are passionate. Again, not necessarily things that men are not. But women are in deep spades. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that allow us to figure this stuff out. But also because we're women and we're women of a certain age, we understand um, we understand bias. Yep. And we understand being passed over. And we understand being minimized. And so those things are not daunting to us. They are simply yeah. challenges to be met and to navigate around and then to go, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think because we are so underestimated that when you have a powerhouse team of women, 
being underestimated can be a bonus. The stuff we've gotten done has been incredible. We fought to manufacture in the United States. Mm. I actually had a male state senator call me stupid to my face. Mm. Well, it wasn't to my face. It was on the phone. Mm. But that's kind of to your face. That is. Manufacturing in the U.S. And I said, wow, and you're a state senator for a manufacturing state. May I quote you on that? And he he, he did a huge backpedal. But I, I mean, I fought to manufacture in the United States because we're not set up to manufacture really in the United States. Yeah, not cost cost effectively at least. But you know what? Let me tell you what is cost effective. Because I think this was a good business decision. And I disagree with all of those naysayers. And, and, And I was validated when I went to our plant on the East Coast and I met those workers who thanked me for keeping them working. Mm-hmm. And their managers knew all of their names. Yep. And they said that they, oh, I've been I've been in this plant for 40 years and I'm happy here. And I know that they're not being taken out back and abused. Mm-hmm. And I know they have benefits. And I'm going to tell you this, that if my product costs a little bit more, because I know that by law, the people whose hands touch this Mm-hmm. Being treated better to me, that is a good business decision. It is definitely a good business decision. Yep. So I think the whole, I, I think the whole thing, I, and the team really stuck by me. You know, I had a lot of men saying, "Why are you doing this in the United States? Don't do this in the." That team stuck with my vision. Mm-hmm. They believed in what you they were be- doing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We believe in the product. We see how it works. We see how it literally uplifts women. When Mm -hmm. you lift a woman's breast, you lift her self-esteem. We've Mm -hmm. seen it in action, Jennifer. Yeah, I believe it. And I don't know. I I don't know that I, I'm sure I would have gotten that from men on a team. But when it's an all-woman team, it's a different vibe. Does that make sense? I love that. Yes, it makes sense. Um, that is so powerful. So powerful. Thank you. Did I answer so, your question? Did I yes, go off you did. I, I love all the things you said. Multitasking, <laughs> creative thinkers, big hearts. They love deeply. I, I know they're empathetic. They are collaborative. Women yeah. do so many things very, very well. And like you said, we are underestimated. I think that is, you know, sad, but it gives us the opportunity to show up and shine. And we're used to it. And I think that's the key is we're generally used to it. And so Mm -hmm. it's not an automatic stop. Yep. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Yep. Um, so let's talk about funding going to women businesses because I was looking at some figures uh, from Crunchbase, and they were saying in 2019, 2.8% of funding went to women-led startups, 2.8%. That much? And in in 2020, it fell to 2.3%. 
Oh my gosh, that Outrageous. is those are horrible numbers. Outrageous. What, I, I don't what know did what you find. Well, I can tell you this. I don't know if Crunchbase also talked about minority women in that group. It's probably even much lower at that point. Absolutely. Women yeah. of color are less mm -hmm. likely to get funding than mm -hmm. any other person on the planet. And Isn't we felt it. We felt it. So when you have a great team and a great product and a great story behind the product, why have we struggled to get traditional funding? Yeah. And we have, my husband and I, and, and, and we're not rich people. I'm a journalist and he's a fire chief. Mm -hmm. We have funded 98% of this project. 98%. By yourself. By ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have two small investors. Mm -hmm. We've had numerous meetings. I can say this. For all the bad of COVID, this was the good thing about COVID. Mm -hmm. I didn't take lots of people to dinner, feed them, right. water them, ply them with alcohol, wow <laughs> them with this great product, wow them with this great idea, only for them to say, yeah, I'm going to pass. Yeah. I did that on Zoom for free. Yep. And so I saved a heck of you know, a lot of so money. It's so true. We don't even think of it that way. But how much money did we save on all those customers and vendors and, you know. All of that. Just of that trying stuff. to get that product out there. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. The funding has been hard. And, and here's the thing about this. When people say failure is not an option. For me, <laughs> failure is not an option. Because if this go south. I am an 80-year-old woman wiping down tables at a fast food restaurant. Right. That's my retirement. Right. I have funded this with my equity, my mm -hmm. good credit, my good name, mm -hmm. a fantastic husband who likes mm -hmm. my big jaw and my big breasts, <laughs> and a fantastic team. Mm -hmm. But the funding has been almost impossible. I don't want to say almost impossible to get. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I, because I think that's not saying it enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's even worse yeah. than that. <laughs> it's even worse than that. And I don't understand it. Because, I don't you, you know, when you when we test women out, they love it. Mm -hmm. but wow. For some reason, I can't get funding. So, you know, am I going to put it on the, 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 the gender thing? Is, you know, is it 2X chromosomes? I don't know. Is it because I'm a black female? I don't know. I don't know why I can't get the funding. I know this, that I've had to figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that at the end of the day, uh, the company will be mine mm -hmm. um, because there's some other things I want to do with it because I'm not interested in getting rich for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. In, no, don't get me wrong. I'm very interested in getting rich because <laughs> I like nice boots as much as the next woman. That's right. But I am very interested in also using this as a flagship to make sure other minority business women don't go through the living hell that I we, have yeah. gone through yep. to get yep. funding. And thanks to you, you know, each time each woman does that, we get closer to helping that next woman, you know, For and sure. we need to always think that way. So, you know, kudos to you and really impressive that you've taken on 
the the challenge, but it shouldn't be there. It shouldn't, <laughs> and it still is. Right, but Jennifer, and and for women who have a great idea, but they're afraid. I want them to be afraid mm-hmm. because if you're not, you're going to get bitten bad and you may not recover. This is what I don't want. I don't want fear to stop you. I don't want you mm-hmm. to live in fear. I don't want you to bathe yourself in fear. I want you to have a healthy respect for fear, right? Mm-hmm. It's you, like a, you do. It's kind of like a bear. This is what I think about. I, th- I think about this as a grizzly bear. You can't outrun that bear. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. you, the grizzly bear, you can't outrun that bear. You got to stand and fight. That is your only shot. Now, chances mm-hmm. are you're going to lose, but your only shot you still is have to fight that grizzly bear. You can't outrun it, so you got to stand and fight. Yeah. You can't yeah. outrun your fear. You should have that fear, but you got to fight it. You've got to change the way you think about yourself and everything you do, and, and it's like developing a muscle. You've got to do the calisthenics every single day. You've Mm -hmm. got to exercise that muscle. You've got to exercise that positivity muscle. You've got to tell yourself, I can do it every single day. And and it's got to be part of your mantra because you've got to build that muscle so that when you really need it, you can believe it and you can face that fear and keep going. And that is how we build wealth and power equity. When we talk about equity, there's so many inequities, even in this day and age, and women are going back. We're going backwards, people. We are going Pay backwards. attention. Absolutely. Yep. Pay and attention. the pandemic didn't help us any. They left the workforce. For sure. The yeah. They left the workforce in droves because they couldn't could not manage everything. You know, it was just too much. Absolutely. And so be afraid, but don't let that stop you. We need more women standing on faith, standing in courage, looking for ways to help the woman next to her, even if she hasn't arrived herself. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, I don't know if you've heard it, is there, there's a special place in hell for women that don't help other women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to help each other. We really yeah. do. I'm, I'm trying to think of where that place might be. <laughs> It's probably at the dollar store looking for bras. <laughs> That's my first guess. So, Paula, we're both passionate about helping underserved communities. Can you share some of the work you are doing? Because I'm doing a lot of work in this area as well. Um, and anyway, we can always collaborate and build something, you know, to the next level together. It's always better. So I wanted to understand what, what type of work are you doing in this area? Well, Let me start with my core philosophy that I do not believe in the concept of giving back. Mm. It limits you. It's a debt paid. Well, I gave this. And so I gave this. And so I gave this. And so I've given back. Mm. I believe in giving as much as you can, whatever you can, as often as you can. Mm. I, I love just giving do not give back so the first thing is to not limit yourself by saying i give back mm-hmm. but to expand yourself with not a willingness to give but a wantingness to give mm-hmm. up yourself mm-hmm. so i believe in just giving so mm-hmm. i sit on quite a few boards i was the founder and chair of children's tooth fairy foundation 
which uh, created um, opportunities, education, and an actual dental care for underinsured children. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I read about that. That's very cool. I Thank didn't know you. there was an organization like that. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. Children's Tooth Fairy Foundation was my organization, mm-hmm. again, built with a great team. Thank goodness for the Affordable Care Act, because when mm-hmm. we're taking care of children, we're taking care of the world. Right. And, and that allowed children to get dental care. And so and our future, able, right? Our future. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So just this year, I was able to donate what was left of the foundation. I closed the foundation down and donated um, every dollar I had left to a mobile dentistry unit. Um, but but this is what I love about my invention, Brawless Bra. And that is it will become the flagship product for Goddess Fund Group. Mm. And Goddess Fund Group is an organization that will be a nonprofit that I expect to get off the ground within the second year of Brawless Brawl becoming profitable. And what you do with Goddess Fund Group is you tithe, like a church tithe. You know, you go to church and you mm-hmm. tithe 10% or whatever percent of your of your income. Mm-hmm. Well, businesses, starting with Brawless Brawl, will tithe a certain percentage, a minimum of 5% of all mm-hmm. gross profits that go into the fund to fund other minority businesses. That's perfect. And those businesses that Goddess Fund Group funds, those businesses have to tithe 5% into Mm -hmm. the fund. And then Mm -hmm. we help them become profitable. And then as we become more profitable and we're all putting in more money and we bring in investors and it's not like Shark Tank where you say, well, I've got to do such and such and I'm going to take 30% of your company. (laughs) Investors come in and they agree to take no more than 10% of any given company, but they pledge 5% of that take back into the Goddess Fund. Wow. And so That's Goddess awesome. Fund Group actually creates a renewable funding source mm-hmm. to build other female millionaires to keep putting back into the fund, to build more minority female millionaires, to create more renewable funding. And that is how you close the power and wealth equity gap. Yes. Particularly I love, with minority love, love women. This. Yeah. What a great concept. I think I think then we can find funding for women and change those percentages as well as women of color can really start to take advantage of their ideas and building businesses. Absolutely. Now yeah. think about this. So let's picture this day, Jennifer. Let's picture this day when a woman steps out of a sleek, luxury, American-made vehicle. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing great clothes. She looks expensive. Mm -hmm. She's got the braless bra. She's got the braless bra on, but she (laughs) looks expensive. And people see her coming, and they don't think, oh, she married well. That they right. don't think that oh. the first thing they think is businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Successful. Now, successful businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Now let's think about that day for minority women. Mm-hmm. When you want to see us coming because you know we're successful. We know that there is a system of racism and bigotry in this country mm-hmm. that has kept minorities. In one place, in one right. box. When right. people hear me speak, they say, oh, wow, you sound articulate. I hate that. Mm. Because 
Most people I know are articulate. Right, right. <laughs> Would you say that if I were a white woman? I don't think so. Or a white man? I don't think so. Right, right. I'm so underestimated when people see me coming. And so the whole idea of building wealth equity with women of color in particular, but women in that female space, that day, that day when people look at us as a good bet instead of a maybe. Mm-hmm. As a big bet. That's a right. Big bet. Big mm-hmm. bet, baby. Big bet. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love money, that. Someone else we, we are putting our money there That's right. so that that can happen every day, all day long. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when we build other women, and here's the thing, you don't have to be a, a millionaire to hold your hand up and help someone walk next to you. Absolutely. You can no. get there together. You know, we are, we're still considered pre-revenue. So our product just launched Mm -hmm. and we're still pre-revenue, but we do business with women vendors. 98% Mm -hmm. of the the companies we do business with are female owned or minority female owned. Nice. Or female operated. Mm -hmm. And we do that by choice. Our first Mm -hmm. choice is if we need a printer, we go to the business owned by the female printer. Mm Mm-hmm. If you need computer training, come to me. (laughs) That we do. You got it, sister. So so these are the things that women can do. So this is something else I want to say, Jennifer, that I really think the time has long passed for women to compete against one another, except fairly in Mm -hmm. business and athletics. Mm -hmm. I mean, fairly, it makes us all stronger. Absolutely. You you do it fairly. fairly. And you Ethically. have the same level, level playing field, then it makes you stronger. It Absolutely. makes you improve. It makes you say, okay, I need to do better, you know, Absolutely. to win. Absolutely. Yep. At, when you see, you know, you see a woman and she looks great. So, wow, you look great. Mm-hmm. Oh, you look beautiful today. Oh, I love your smile. Mm-hmm. Lift each other. Not like, mm, she got those shoes on. <laughs> Lift up women. Yeah, I do that like all the time. I know you do as well, but you we have to do that. We, we have, have to support to. each other. We have to stop being our own enemies because yes. here's the thing. The race isn't almost over, but we're still not far along in the race of business. We're not. We're not. It's we have so a long easy. way to go. So we together do. we can get there faster. To but demonize each one women against each other, we're never going to get there. We're not. We're not. We've got to stop demonizing women. We have to stop allowing people to demonize women. We have to stop saying. We have to stop letting people say we're bossy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm five foot one. People <laughs> always, I have a small personality. People always say, "Well, you're bossy," and I'm like, "I'm not bossy. I'm assertive and direct." That's right. Stop That's calling right. me bossy. You're confident and you're confident. Stop calling me bossy. That's rude. And you're trying to denigrate me. Don't mm-hmm. accept it. Don't laugh it off. Right. Make people uncomfortable, making you uncomfortable. And step right. in courage and faith. Face that fear. Face into the wind. I love that. Love that. So being a woman in business, I mean, you're doing a lot of different things. Can you share some challenges that you've faced and then what you did to overcome them? Because, you know, 
our listeners can all learn. We can all learn from each other. All of them. Which all, which challenges? All of them. So mm-hmm. many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, my biggest one, Jennifer. I'm going to go back to this, and it was facing my own fear and my own mm-hmm. doubt. Wow, a huge challenge. Now I'm a broadcast journalist. I'm multi Emmy winning. I've won lots of different awards and accolades, and I still doubted my own ability. I had to speak to myself intentionally every single day. I had to. So that self talk is what helped you. That self talk is number one. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out the funding piece. I could use more funding, mm-hmm. and I don't quite know how to get that. But I'm not letting that stop me. I have some ideas for you and we can talk offline about them. But awesome. definitely if we can, you know, if I can help you in, in that regard, I have some ideas on, on organizations that you could go to that oh, are really you. minority business and women business friendly. So awesome. Thank you. I'm yeah. going to let you talk to me about that because yeah. I need education there. Mm-hmm. I definitely need education there. Um, do you know what? I, I, I want women to explore the ability to multitask beyond your wildest dreams. Mm. I want you to dare. I want you to dare to think that you can make a difference. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, a Sarah Blakely who invented Spanx. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that. I mean, think about it. How many of us weren't cutting feet out of our pantyhose? <laughs> she just took it to the next level. Right. She right. dared to be great. She dared to make it real. I just want women to, to challenge yourself. That. Challenge yourself. Push yourself to that next level. We have it in we us. Do. We do. To do it. Yep. We do. And encourage other women to be great. We can do it. We really can. And this isn't a rah, 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 kumbaya, all oh, kumbaya. <laughs> it's not that. It's real talk. The time is now that we have to support one another if we're going to get to the finish line at all. Yeah. Just a couple of us. And we don't have time. We are going backwards. So we need to aggressively go forward. Preach, girl. Yeah. Preach. So, Paula, um, what are some of the leadership skills that you've learned over the years? You know, I got a giggle. I got a giggle on that. So I teach a communication workshop. Okay. I teach leadership. And in my own company, those tools go right out the window. (laughs) Well, it's the cobbler with no shoes, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is so hard to do Mm -hmm. what you preach. It is so hard. I think the biggest thing that I've had to do is I've had to learn that I can't do it all. Yeah. And that I have to have competent people around me. I've had to understand that failure isn't a loss Mm -hmm. as long as I continue. Right. I've had to learn. You have to fail in order to get to success. You're not going to get there. Right. For sure. But I've also had to learn that my words matter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not a brawler. I don't, you know, like, this is so odd. My, my, I wasn't spanked as a child. I was spoken to. 
Mm-hmm. And so as six-year-olds, we were discussing the ramifications and implications of our actions. Mm-hmm. We weren't spanked. And so, and so I don't believe in hitting. I don't believe mm-hmm. in striking others. I'm not a brawler, but I can, I can use my words to slice you to pieces. Mm-hmm. And the use of my language can really hurt others. And I had to learn that, that in my team, for instance, that my words can sting and that sting can last. And so whoever said sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. It's a lie. (laughs) Yeah. Words Words are very powerful. They are. So I've had to really learn to manage my own mouth, to use the tools that I actually teach others. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had to learn to trust I've had to learn to let go, mm-hmm. had to learn to forgive myself. I've had to learn to forgive others. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are the things that help make me a leader. I know talent when I see it. Mm-hmm. I know myself. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. <laughs> so I better find people who can do the things I'm not good at. Yeah, and everybody has their strengths. Everybody has their strengths. If you focus on the strength, you're going to get further than if you focus on the negative. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think those are the things that make a good leader. But I will say this. I do think, though, that when I came into this, I, I, I really didn't have a lot of confidence I could get this done. And so I gave away a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to get that power of decision-making back once you've delegated it away. Uh And so I don't want to say be greedy with power, but I do want to say that make sure that when you delegate, that you understand enough about what's going on that you don't lose the power of final decisions without having to fight for them. Yeah. Those are really, really good lessons. Wow. And don't hire your friends. Yes, I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they won't be your friends when you're done. But yep. When you hire people for talent, you know, and then you hire people who have good, honest, ethical hearts. And that's the other thing, Jennifer. If, if you're not ethical yourself, mm-hmm. you can't run an ethical gig. No. If nope. your word is not your bond, because you know what? I don't have a lot of money, but I do have my word. Mm-hmm. And my and word is my wealth. Yep. Yep. And that's very, very important to me, especially, you know, it's like when in business, integrity and um, ethics are so important. You know, for and many sure. years ago, I had to actually fire somebody for doing something that was not correct ethically. And she was a top producer. Wow. And that was like really hard if you'd start thinking about the money, but it didn't matter because the ethics were compromised and she was gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And listen, and once those ethics are gone, uh, it's it's done. Yeah. If your word is not your bond. I think that's the most. Of, so maybe, you know what, face your fear, but also make darn sure your word is your bond. Yeah. And that's from, honey, I'll take care of these dishes. All right. the way to, I can't pay you right now, but I'll pay you this. Or mm-hmm. let me give you a share of this. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The word has to be your bond. And if you treat people well. So here's a, this funny story. <laughs> I think it was funny. Mm-hmm. I saw, uh, uh, my, my CFO, Michelle, and I went to the East Coast to our manufacturing plant. And I, and I don't say where the plant is for competitive reasons. Right, right. That's fine. Uh, but I was so excited to meet those workers. They were so excited to meet me. And I was fascinated. And I thanked every single one of them. I was like, I know this is your job, but thank you. Thank you so much for making my product. And then, of course, when I saw the, you know, the dye on the machinery and I recognized the drawing and it was almost like the drawing on the napkin. It was so exciting. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was so excited to meet the workers. And so we're on the plane and the CFO, Michelle, looks at me and she says, Paula, I'm going to need you to stop talking about the workers for a few minutes and we need to talk about the product. talking about the workers but you know what Mm -hmm. those workers vindicated me when i said i am making this in the u.s because i want to make sure that the hands that touch my product are well cared for those are my values and so my values are part of this product there's no cadmium because our country doesn't allow you to put cadmium in stuff Mm -hmm. there are processes in place that plant was so clean, you could eat off the floor. That's amazing. And Those that's your pride and joy. It's your reputation. Absolutely. Your, your name is behind it. It's absolutely. so important. Absolutely. We so, are putting something on women's bodies. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to know that the people who are making it, if they don't care, the law makes them care. Mm-hmm. And if they're right. don't Let's, care about them, the law makes them care about them. That's right. The law has to make them care because they don't have it in them to do it themselves. That's what I want. Now, preferably, mm-hmm. you care about your employees. But just in case you don't, <laughs> I need to know that the law makes you. That's right. Keeps that's you honest. Making yep. my product. Yep. All right. One last question. Um what is one of your favorite places that you've traveled to and why? I just wow. love travel. So I have to throw that in there. So I'm a Peace Corps brat. Mm-hmm. And I grew so up in Africa. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Pardon me? I said you've been everywhere. <laughs> oh, I don't know about everywhere, but I had a great childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the land of my forefathers. Mm. And it was a fabulous experience. And every once in a while, when the sun is just right and the temperature is just right, I can smell my childhood, that beautiful, raw, colorful, fabulous Africa, West Mm -hmm. Africa and East Africa. My favorite place is in Gorogoro Crater, N-G-O, in Goro, N-G-O-R-O, in Gorogoro Crater. Look it up. It is um, an extinct volcano i think it's extinct now i think it was just dormant for a while but there's um that's the home place of the maasai Mm. and it is a wildlife animal preserve wow and it was so beautiful and so rich and so fascinating and oh my god i want to go you have to go you you got i have to go it's going on my list Uh, my mother used, I, so I used to always tell my mother, mom, mom, if I die before you, I want to be cremated and I want my ashes thrown in a girl, girl crater. Mm. And she would say, girl, who's going to, 
Who's going to rent a plane and fly your ashes to an extinct volcano? The Susquehanna River, girl. That's as good as it gets for you. <laughs> but I want it, girl, when, girl, when greater. You, when was the last time you were there? Hmm, I want to say it was be just before I got married for the last time. So I want to say more than 15... I want to say more than 15 years ago oh it's been a long time time to go back for well for sure let's get this pandemic under control i know right as soon let me as tell you where i want to go yeah i want to go to iceland iceland is big right now i know probably about 10 people in the last six months i've talked to that have gone to iceland i'm good jealous of them i'm good jealous. yeah yeah you no know, i want to go to iceland with my husband mm -hmm. i want to sit at a pub I want to have a drink and I want to talk to the most handsome man in the world in a place I've always wanted to go. That's, that's awesome. Iceland. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, what closing comments do you have for our listeners, if any? Well, I want to thank you for the opportunity to talk. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, this was such an honor and a pleasure. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you so much. You know mm -hmm. what? I'm still a student and I'm still learning. Um, I want people to think of doing as much as they can possibly do. Mm -hmm. Not as little as they can possibly get away with. Yeah. And that's in everything. And so whether you're a mother or a wife or a sister or mm -hmm. an employee or a business owner dealing with your employees, whatever it is that you are doing, ugly ceramics, whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> give it your all. Give it, give it your all and some. Do as much as you can do, not as little as you can do. That has always that. served me well. Yeah, me too. Awesome. I mean, I work hard, I play hard, yeah. I try to be in the moment, you know, and I really, really try to practice that. Sometimes it's difficult because there's so much going on, but I you really focus all the on time, it. Jennifer. Yeah. Those times yeah. you can do it, you're making a difference. And then the last thing that I really want to tell your listeners, mm -hmm. I want them to embrace their fear. Yeah. I you can't outrun the grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. You can't outrun the grizzly bear. Your absolute only shot at surviving. And even when it's a slim shot, it's the only shot is to stand and fight. Mm -hmm. Fear is a grizzly bear. You can't outrun it. You've got you've to gotta stand and fight it. You've got to face the wind. I would ask yeah. anybody with an idea or a thought or a plan or a challenge. What does it hurt to fight till you die? What does mm -hmm. it hurt? You've got to stand and fight. It's okay to be afraid. What's not okay is letting fear stop you. That's right. That is great, great yeah. advice. Yeah. Great advice. Paula, this was so, so amazing. I just love talking to you. I think I could talk to you all day. And you as well. And it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. I really appreciate it and would love to have you on a future show. Please, please, please invite me back. And do reach out to me. Reach out to I me will. and talk. Let's talk about that funding. I appreciate your support. Yep, 
Absolutely. I'm here for you. Well. Be safe and well. Be healthy. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.